The Tough Love and Second Chances podcast is written and produced by Tony Bennett on behalf of Edgar and reveals remarkable stories of those who refuse to be defined by their disability. The power of the human spirit shines through with examples of how hope, courage, and the opportunity to express oneself through the game of golf makes for a combination that can improve and even save lives. Every story is different, and even the same story can be different depending on when it crosses your path. So a story's meaning can also change, as we will likely change over time. And so something that has little effect on the first reading can seem like it was written directly for our personal consumption days, weeks, months, or even years later. Depending on when you read Pedro's story, take just a few minutes to either remember what you were doing when you were 28 years of age, or if you have not yet reached that milestone, imagine what you'd like to be doing as you approach your 30s. At 28 years of age, Pedro Sotomayor had his life turned upside down one afternoon in a doctor's surgery when he received a diagnosis that would change his life. Please enjoy my conversation with Pedro Sotomayor. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you, Pedro, in your home. And thank you very much for inviting me to be here. Um, But I've wanted to talk to you for quite a long time about not only your golf, but also how you deal with your disability, which I know you don't consider to be much of a disability, which, although it is, and we know it is, but also to talk about your golf and also some of the other passions that you've got in your life. And actually, I'm just looking here behind you and you've got your ballerinas here. So is this part of your, your passion from before? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, my daughter, uh, when he was very young, she was on ballet. And I don't remember why, but once I saw an old uh, statue of a ballerina, it's over there, that, that one uh, was very beautiful. It is very beautiful. So I start to collect. Every time I saw, I uh, found a ballerina, I start to collect and <laughs> That's why nothing really special and that's my daughter <laughs> behind me. How old was she there? Uh, maybe 12 or 11 at the time. And tell me, because you're also very passionate about horses as well I know in the, and uh, you've, you've yeah. done quite a lot of work in that area. Yeah, well I start to ride like a therapy and then you know when you start to do something new it's a challenge so I start to do paradisage and and then I start to to love to do it and, uh, and this year I didn't uh, yet uh, write too much but I, I, I with the good weather I start to do it for, for sure again so now you've got both golf and horses in your sporting life. Do you do anything else or...? Well, really, no. Just once per week I do ski in a wheelchair, who is amazing also. It was 15 days ago, so I'm fresh and I remember now. Uh, and I'm always uh, wanting to... The, the year passed 
fast to doing ski again because it's really it's really good the the speed feeling the speed feeling the wind on the on your face it's good you have ms and yeah. you will have had at some point a moment where somebody gave you the diagnosis and said pedro yeah you have ms yeah what was that like well not good <laughs> not good but was uh, i believe that I very quickly integrate that that information when they give you the the diagnosis and someone tell you that you have a disease that don't have a cure that they don't have a solution for the disease and you got to live with that for the rest of your life it's a shock. It's a, uh, but thank God, in, I integrate in 24 hours, I believe. I thought that if I cannot do nothing to to change the situation, I I have to live with it, and and then let me. I should try to live the best I can, and and was not easy, but was fast to get this uh, way. I have to live with MS, so let's do it the best that I can. See, at some point you had to go to the doctors, and why did you go to the doctors? Because it was it. I fell. My right leg, uh, I fall twice, and I didn't know why. I was a, once an old lady said, "Oh, young guy drunk," <laughs> and I laughed because yeah. it was oh, now I'm a drunk guy. <laughs> and uh, s at some point, I was with my brother-in-law uh, uh, with a bicycle, uh, doing, and everybody passed passed me. So fast in the end of the of the race, uh, I pick my bike and I go to the shop. Uh, claim because the bike was not uh, right. Yeah, uh, and was not the bike was me. How old were you then? Well, uh, 29, 28, 29. So you go for some tests and then I start to well all these problems. Uh, something was wrong. I don't know. I, I at the first time I thought was something in my stomach or something like that, and I started to do tests. And, and in the end, one of the tests gave the well. This is not a, a direct diagnosis. They start to suspect, and then you do. Uh, several uh, tests to uh, to reach the diagnosis, mm -hmm. the correct yeah. uh, diagnosis, yeah. and in the end was MS. So you get the diagnosis yeah. and then you come home, and now you've got yeah. to face the family? Yeah, but th that's what I said, was, was, not, was not easy, 
but was fast the integration of the 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 thing. I remember that I got my my skin was so hot that I could boil an egg in my skin when I hear the diagnosis and when I was driving home I need to breathe slow to 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 come down because I felt like exploding. But in in in, in this time I was thinking what I gonna do? Uh, and uh, I asked, I remember uh, my sons at the time, they were very young and I asked for more 10 years of life. Uh, I just want more 10 years of life with quality to educate my sons, to, well, to put everything together. Uh, well, but uh, uh, after 10 years, I ask for more 20, <laughs> and then I'm gonna ask for more yeah. all time. Because that's the, and I have one cent more after the disease. This house I built after the disease. My professional life I built on the top of the disease. And I keep with projects, I keep my mind. Uh, and I have the golf, and I have the friends, and I have new business, and I have, and, and I like to be here in the herd. And I know that you work very hard on your physique as well. You, yeah. you train more or less every day? Every day. Every day I took two hours of my day to, to make uh, maintenance uh, with therapists. Can you explain more or less what that looks like? So what would a regular week look like in terms of your physical preparation? Well, I wake up not too early. <laughs> it's Portugal, it's okay. Yeah, this is Portugal, so I wake up 9 o'clock in the morning, 8.30, and I took the first two hours of the day to do exercise. I have a, a small gymnasium in, at home. Uh, some therapists come to my home to give me uh, to put me in 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 the trails, yeah, in good programs. Yeah, yeah good programs, and uh, in the summer I have a swimming pool, so I can swim. Uh, but normally, I took two hours in the morning, and 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 I believe that's important, not just in terms of the body, but in my mind, I sometimes I'm so tired, but I, but I feel that I can do things. I have an elliptic machine too, yep. and and I do it, and I feel good when I do it. It's yep. one of my uh, measure how I feel today. If I could do that two hours intensive, the rest of the day go goes well yeah so uh, then I work the, the rest of the day I work a little bit in the end of the morning if I could go to the golf course and play even four holes or five holes or something like that one hour and one hour and a half I go if the weather uh, allows to, to do it 
I go to the golf course, it's 20 minutes from, from home, so it's easy to go. I took two hours to play one hour and a half yeah. or one hour. You mentioned to me that your, the, the, the things that you do with horses started as a therapy. Yeah. So how did that work out for you? How did you number one, how did you find out about it? And number two, what, is it, what did it give to you? What, what kind of uh, feeling did it give to you by using horses and, and getting well, involved in paradressage? Well, when I, when I am on the top of the horse, I'm a normal guy. Uh, sometimes I have friends who, who have horses also once, and if they don't, I, I remember one, one of these guys that I know for a long time, and I didn't saw the guy for 10 years maybe. And I find, I find him in, in, uh, in when I was riding, and he was riding too. Uh, so we start to talk on the top of our horses. And in the end, he saw my wheelchair. What? Yeah. <laughs> because no idea that I was on the wheelchair. We was talking for 15 minutes <laughs> on top of our horses, and uh, and I f it's it's a good feeling, but more than the good feeling, it's very good for your upper body. Yeah. Because the movement that you do when you ride, it's like you it's it's the same movement when you walk. For your upper body, it's very good to maintain your muscles. So uh, that's how I start to, to do it. And you became good at it? No. <laughs> no. Well, pretty good. Well, but I, but I, I, I write. That's that's it's. Yeah, I'm not on the level. And I did some contests, and I win some contests, but I was the only. Right. <laughs> it's not. It's not normal uh, people with uh, this kind of disability uh, right so but it's it feels good more than everything. It's like the golf. It's, it's good to be outside. It's good to I'm not a, an amazing player. I have an handicap of 30.1 or something like that but uh, but it's good to play golf because you have friends. I can play with my sons. I can lunch in the in the end with everybody. <laughs> uh, catch some sunshine. Uh, so uh, I'm not a very competitive person. I like to win, of course. But more than that, I like to be with others. I like to talk. I like to. Well, I like to live. And how did you get involved in golf? Well, that's a long story. Well, no, my grandfather was a play, was a golf player, and I remember when I was very young, I normally at at my grandfather's house. He, he got uh, clubs and he got uh, tees and he got uh, golf material and I, I, I looked for that and I said, oh, what, what, what's that? Oh, something will make me, one, oh, one day I'm going to play golf. 
and I, I start to play golf with 20 or something like that, with legs at the time. Uh, well, and that's why I start to to get familiar with 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 the sport. And where were you playing then? Did you did you have a golf club that you played? Yeah, Spain or Porto or Porto was uh, because my grandfather uh, he paints and did a lot of uh, draws of golf and uh, in 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 Oporto golf course is an old golf course here in, in the neighborhoods and and I start there because I felt some familiarity with you know, I got a draw of my grandfather in the wall so it's something that told told me something I don't know I don't know what but that's the start. So at that time you would just play for fun. You just go out once for in a fun, while and play for fun, and then and then I, I start to to feel that this sport was perfect to if I if I put in my sense the the it's a good sport to to keep doing with my sense. And they start to play very young. Uh, then came the disease, and I what was a big gap until I start to play again with the power golfer. Tell me about that because that that was you're the first person in Portugal to to play with a para golfer. Yeah. So how did you? Sorry. The only. The only exactly. So. How did you find out about it in the first place, and then you know what was the the process for getting started again? Because you'd obviously played before. Yeah. Um, did you see it somewhere? Did you read about it? Well, I, I heard about uh, in, in in the in the internet. I found the the machine. At the time, was very expensive, so. I said, okay, it's not possible, but uh, I, I keep uh, looking for other materials to restart to play golf. And I think was uh, in the internet and something, I believe was stand up and play. A guy in the United States, and I saw that in the internet, and call. I, I found the number, his, his phone number, and I call him, and he told me that it was a German guy, Christian Natchway, who built a machine. Was not from Autobock, was a different one. Doesn't have the FDA uh, approval, but I didn't. I don't need the approval of FDA for nothing. And I called Christian actually, and he was amazing. And come to Portugal to sell, to sell one machine to a Portuguese guy. And I'm quite happy about that. <laughs> what was that like when you first got in the, the machine? What, what were the senses that you, well, you got? The senses? I must learn everything again because this is different from the golf I was I, ha I have I had in my mind but uh, well 
the, the first feeling was not so good because you are on the driving range and the ball was looking for me and <laughs> not <laughs> it's impossible to 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 beat this but but when you go for the first time for the for the course even if you play very bad it's a nice feeling it's a nice feeling to be on the course uh, just going just just chasing the hole <laughs> and how long would it take you before you started to go to the golf course itself because you spent a little bit of time on the driving yeah, range? Yeah, I believe a couple of masses, a couple of masses on the driving range. Uh, struggling with, uh, <laughs> with against everything. Uh, but, but okay, that's the, process, the normal process. If even a guy with legs must, before go to the course, must... must uh, uh, fight a little bit on the driving range. You wouldn't have too many people that could help you that are giving you that have that experience. So how did you learn some of the techniques? Yeah. Well, our professional uh, Sergio Couto, he, he helped me a lot on the beginning because he didn't know how to play with the wheelchair with the chair, but but. Uh, was a process of, even for him, it was a process of learning and and try to understand. But even now, I, I keep learning every day when I go to the course. I, and I play with the power golfer, I believe six years from now. So I should play better, but <laughs> it <is what> <laughs> I remember some. Well, I think one of your first tournaments that you played in. Yeah. Um, I remember that, and and you were a higher handicap than thirty six because at that time we had to 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 try and get you in to be able to play in the event, or you were more or less thirty six or something yeah, similar was, to that. Was, uh, I, I I was shamed to be thirty six, so I I put my handicapper lower than that. Right, exactly. I don't want to be 36. I don't. Yeah. I could play for 100, yeah. but I, I don't want the 36. But now you go all over Europe. You've, you've, yeah. played, you've played in many different tournaments, and I also yeah. have had the, the, the good fortune to talk to you about some of the events that you've gone to and you've played in. And uh, I remember sometimes where you've gone to your first event alone. So you've, you, you've gone on the, got, got to the airport and got on the plane and taken your paragolfer with yeah, you. So. Yeah. Does that is that an enriching sort of experience to go and play in those kind of events? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, well, you have you you learn a lot, and you have a lot of fun also because you have friends, you have a beer in the end, you have all new courses. You have if you when you love golf, you like to new new courses, new places, everything. But. Um, even from a practical uh, point of view, it's easy to go. It's not. It's not a, a problem. Go with a paragolfer alone, or it was a surprise for me uh, because if you go alone with a wheelchair, you always uh, think that could have some problem. Well, it. it the first time 
that you go, it's normal to have a little bit of afraid uh, what could happen uh, with planes and with a lot of things. And in the end, I find everything very easy, very easy. Because in, in Europe, uh, I don't know, out of Europe, but in Europe it's everything very uh, prepared to disabled people. And when I go, I go with a power golfer, with a wheelchair, with the clubs, with the luggage, uh, and manage everything alone. It's not easy, but when you arrive to the airport, everybody comes and they help you. And so in the end, it's, it's good because you feel independent. You feel you can do it. You can do it. That independence comes across a lot when I speak to players that are playing in wheelchairs that they feel as though there is a, a good strong independence when they go to the tournaments that you know yes the the facilities are available they're accessible to be able to to use uh, but generally speaking they're just independent to go and do whatever they like to do during those few days that they're at the tournament just like anybody else so yeah. it's a, it's very interesting to speak to the many of the wheelchair players and to, to have that that feedback is there anything that you would do, based on your experience now, to make golf more accessible for people with disability? Well, I wouldn't say more accessible, but, but with less feeling of the disability. If you play golf with other players, that's what I, I do that a lot out of the Edgar tournaments when I play with. Uh, my fellows, uh, disabled, so yeah. uh, I play tournaments, regular tournaments with regular people. If you if you play tournaments with regular uh, people, they start to look to you like a normal. Uh, the first time they yeah. open the eyes and uh, they want to know why what. Why you are there? What kind of machine is that? But the second, the third time, it start to be normal, and the feeling of being normal for people who is in a wheelchair is good. So, if we have more tournaments with uh, uh, able disabled people, maybe that increase the sensibility of regular people for the disabled and give to, to the disabled the more the feeling of being competing with the uh, people without disability. It's, it's a very interesting point that you make and I think that there is a certain amount of sensibility perhaps and, and people walk a little bit on eggshells because they don't really know how to deal with people with disability it's it's new for them um, but what we see is very clearly that everybody just gets on and, and they go play and they play together with regular as the term that you use is regular golfers and it's just a totally integrated sport obviously in Portugal there's not many golfers generally um, yeah. but, but obviously there's very few golfers with disability and how do you think we could perhaps get more people interested in the game uh, with, uh, with disability in, in Portugal? Well, just giving more visibility to the game. It's, it's, it's important when 
we have tournaments. If we have more tournaments in Portugal, and if we could uh, put on the news that they exist, like last year in Mallorca, they did uh, a big tournament with uh, players from all around the world, and that was in the news in Mallorca for everybody. So maybe we could do the same year in Portugal, do a big tournament with with uh, publicity, with uh, television, with I don't know, but get the the sport more visible for everybody, for everybody. Maybe we could reach some. It, it's not easy, but because. The start, it's not an easy start. Maybe if we could put more, one or two power golfers in golf courses, two people can and uh, try. Maybe that uh, could be yeah. a solution. Because here in Portugal we have one machine, mine. Sometimes I, I give that possibility to other uh, disabled, uh, disabled people to come and try my machine, but I do it because I know some guy on a car or somewhere. Uh, that should be then more uh, massive for disabled. Uh, I don't know why, but maybe with more exposition. Just a couple of questions before we finish. What would be your career highlight in golf up till now? Uh, well, in, in, in Wales, I was the uh, second place. <laughs> it was my career highlight in golf. Uh, I play well, I don't know why, but not so many players uh, with wheelchair. Uh, was the second place wheelchair. But I beat, I beat uh, one guy, when he hear about that, he'll call me and say, oh, shut up again. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, you've he's raised his game now. Yeah, it's a nice guy. The, the second question I have is a bit more deep, I guess, is that you walked into the doctor's surgery, you got your diagnosis, and you dealt with that and you're dealing with it on a day-to-day -day basis as you've explained very well today but what advice would you have for somebody who had a similar kind of diagnosis and they've just walked out of the room and they've got to get in their car and they've got to drive home you've experienced that what advice would you want to give to somebody else who's in that situation well yeah the advice is uh, very Simple. It's belief. It's you, you. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. I I have built all my. Of course, the disease. It's different from person to person. Uh, but the first uh, impact, which very heavy, you have to deal with 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 this like okay if I don't have a solution 
I have to live. It's not a problem. You have a problem when you can solve it. If you cannot solve it, you have to live with this. And it's very good to not to live with this, but it's very good to live. So you must put that on 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 top of everything. Live is good. So okay, I got a mess. So what? Uh, everybody has problems. Everybody has problems. Mine is this one. I okay. That's okay. Accept. You have to say yes to the decision. And if you do that, sometimes we forget that we have this, we have the problem. I forget many times. I have to remember, I have to go, oh, you have a mess, don't forget. <laughs> I have to put a note to, because I forget a lot, a lot of times. Okay. Pedro, it's been fantastic okay. to speak to you. Um, if somebody wanted to reach you, how could they find you? Well, they come on the uh, Facebook, on the telephone, email, you got my contacts. <laughs> okay, Pedro, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it and appreciate you welcoming us to your home. Okay. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. This was an Edgar Player story, supported by Ping, helping golfers to play their best. For more information about Edgar, please visit edgargolf.com. Stay tuned for the next Tough Love and Second Chances podcast. Ping. Play your best.